Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Hi, this is Delisa Milton Jones, and you're listening to Dishing and Splitting. Hi, everybody. It's David Siegel, and it's a pleasure to welcome you to this week's Dishing and Swishing podcast. And it's time to tip off the WNBA Finals as the Minnesota Lynx and Los Angeles Sparks get ready to do battle for the second consecutive year in the Finals. And I am pl- really, really happy to have back to Dishing and Swishing a guest that really needs no introduction in WNBA circles and certainly is now making a name as the head coach at Pepperdine University and that is Delisha Milton-Jones, a member of the last Sparks team to win back-to-back championships. Delisha, welcome back. It's great to talk to you again. Hi, David. It's always a pleasure coming back to speak with you and all your listeners. Well, first, let's quickly, before we'll talk more about your team later on, but congratulations. This is the first time we've had you on since you became the head coach at Pepperdine. And uh, you know, you're making great strides very quickly. Congratulations, and that must be really exciting to be the head coach you know, after that, after last year being the assistant. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Things definitely happen uh, at a faster rate than normal in this business, but uh, it's one that I welcome. I love challenges, and I have the complete support of all the administrators here. They want to make sure that they put me in a situation where I can be successful by giving me what I need and allowing me to have the creativity that I need to have, all while being a young coach, uh, per se. The title is one that I've never held, but I definitely feel like all of the experience I've had over the 17 years as a pro have um, culminated to this moment, and it has me ready. Well, a lot of people always said you were a coach on the court, so uh, that, that I'm sure has definitely helped you. And, you know, as I, I, I'm really surprised when you start to look back and look at things that it's been all the way back since that 2001 and 2002 Sparks teams, the last time somebody won back-to-back championships. You know, it's kind of surprising that nobody else has been able to do that with some of the great teams that we've seen. Yeah, it, it is surprising, but you, on one hand, it, yes, and on the other hand, no, because it is a, a definitely hard feat to conquer. And now that uh, L.A. is in a situation where they have an opportunity to do that again. Uh, I hope and pray that they take advantage of this opportunity because they don't come around often. So this isn't like the uh, Miami Dolphins in football that open that bottle of champagne when somebody loses and they, so they can't go undefeated. You're, you're rooting for somebody to win again. <laughs> yeah, why not? I think it'll be good. It'll really be good. And I think uh, L.A. as well as Minnesota, they both solidified themselves as juggernauts within the women's game professionally. And with Sean Reeves and Brian being able to do what they've been doing for all these years, and Brian more so on two different teams. Well, actually three, because back in the ABL days, he was winning championships back then uh, when I played against him. But, you know, they're spectacular coaches with beautiful minds, and um, awesome systems, and they really know how to get the best out of each and every player that is on their roster. So it wouldn't, it would please me to see them be able to walk off in the sunset like that again as champions back to back. When you think back to the years when you when you were trying to win that second one, how much more difficult was it to win a second championship 
versus the first go around? Man, the second one was extremely hard, and it was hard because everyone was gunning for you. You had a big target on your back, and and you had to go everywhere as the um, as the as the champions from the previous year. So of course you're the champ until someone dethrones you, and um, everyone's mission was to do just that, some way, somehow, by you know trying to sneak wins away from us in the regular season to maybe put us in positions where uh, we would not be as formidable later in the season and postseason play. But I think the hardest thing for us was being able to break the monotony of everything as players. When you go into practice and you go into the film sessions, how do you stay on 1,000? How do you stay locked in every day? And the thing that helped us was that we all held each other accountable. It wasn't just the coach's responsibility. One thing Michael Cooper taught us was we had to learn how to police ourselves. And so we took that seriously. And the players, we, we held each other accountable to the, to the tenth degree. And we didn't let small stuff slide because we knew that if we allowed small things to slide, that are, those are small cracks in our armor. And we couldn't have any. We had to go in knowing that uh, we were a solid unit and everyone was locked and loaded mentally and physically so that we could go in there and accomplish something that is unimaginable and that many have not had the opportunity to do within the league. You know, both of these teams, in one fashion, I find similar to your old Sparks team, and that was... You know, you guys had Lisa, and of course she was the you know the big dog that everybody looked at as the star. But you know, you had players like you know you and Mabika, Dixon, Teasley in the second year uh, that all were willing to take a not take a back seat, but be more of a subordinate role player. You know, let worry about winning, not just worrying about their stats. And both of these teams are loaded with extremely talented players, just like your team was, that are willing to do whatever it takes and to sacrifice their individual numbers for the greater good of the team. Yeah, and that's what makes both of these teams special because they do have a, a very unselfish spirit about how they play. And that is a testament to them buying in to what Cheryl Reeves and Brian Adler both are presenting for the team system-wise. Um, and it also is a compliment to Ryan and Cheryl as well for them being great leaders to be able to, at this level, demand a certain way that they want their teams to look and how they want their teams to play. And, and that demand can be a little funny sometimes when you're trying to tell uh, a player who's making – you know, a million bucks <laughs> or close to it, you know, I need this or I want that from you. And it's, and it's contradicting what the player may want. But for them to buy in like that, it really shows that they have a group of special individuals around them. And that's what really helps teams win championships. Because for us, anybody could have went off on any given night. Anybody could have been the face of the team. But we all knew that it would be easier if we allowed Lisa's greatness to shine and teams to really focus on her, then we all had the room and capacity to do what we could do within our skill set to benefit the team and also um, 
put us in a position where we would be hard to guard. You know, the other thing about those two coaches that, you know, you get the, you get a star that at this point in their career they've done so much. You know, yet this year in particular, you know, Reeve managed to get fouls and push the right buttons to turn her into an MVP this year from just a great player. And, you know, Candace Parker on the other side has, you know, a little bit of a reputation for not playing every play and for not being so strong defensively. But she this year has turned into one of the more outstanding defensive players in the league and has shed that reputation that she had. So both of those coaches took two of their their truly elite players and made them even better, and that's really something that is to be commended and something special in a coach. No doubt. And, you know, the thing about Sylvia, I knew it was only a matter of time before it all came together for her. But I have to just commend Cheryl because she had to watch a lot of mishaps take place while Sylvia was still trying to grow into the MVP that everybody knew that she was or she was destined to be. And for Cheryl to have that type of patience with her and work with her and allow her the space to grow and make mistakes and figure things out, now she's reaping the rewards of having a spectacular player that's the foundation of them in the paint. From Candace's perspective, the player that she is now, man, if only she was that player when she came in as a rookie, we probably would have won, like, three more championships. She was a phenomenal, uh, explosive, offensive player. But, yeah, it's no secret. It used to frustrate the heck out of me having to almost guard a man and a half because sometimes <laughs> she would take plays off. <laughs> but um, I love Candace to death. And, and that's the one element that was missing from her game where she could really impact the game in a different way other than having the ball in her hand, being a facilitator or actually scoring for her team. And for Brian to finally get her to that point where she is actually putting forth that effort, they're in a great place right now, great place when Candace is playing both sides of the basketball. But when she does have those moments, because I can still, I, I know Candace like the back of my hand, I can see moments in the game where I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh, it's about, it's about, she's about to take the plays off, then he'll make a substitution, and he has good um, pieces that he can go to, and Jantel Lavender, who is active, into uh, Sandrine Gruda, who, can, who he can input into the game and bring that type of intensity uh, when they need a defensive push. So, um they're, they're, they're doing well. They're doing well, and they're playing well, and, and they're in a good position coming into the finals. So tell me, do you think that they can do it, they do it or do you think that Minnesota manages to get back and continue their, uh, their dynasty talk and win another championship for the great city of Minneapolis? Well, one thing, I was talking with Lois Elfman last year, one of my, I mean, last, last night, one of my good friends in the journalist world, and she told me that Minnesota usually wins in odd years. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I didn't look at it that way. So this is an odd year, 2017, and Minnesota has been hitting a lucky streak in that regard. But for both teams, they're going to have to play phenomenal defense, phenomenal defense. Whoever is going to be willing to roll their sleeves up and make it extremely hard every possession and rebound the heck out of the ball, that's the team that's going to win. That's the team. So it, it's a toss-up for me. It really is. 
L.A.'s been playing great ball leading up into the playoffs. I've been able to watch them more because I'm here in California. And whenever I do see Minnesota on TV, they're looking a lot better now. Lindsey Whalen is back. They have their normal rotation going. So they can peak at the right moment. But whoever is really committed to defense, that's the team that's going to win. Sounds good to me. In the few minutes that we have left, quickly let's talk about Pepperdine and what you're looking at for this year. Uh, you've got a, a young team, only a few seniors. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so what, what do you, I know one thing: the team is going to play hard and play with an edge. If you if you're the coach, <laughs> that's for sure. If they don't have that, they, if, if they at least have that, I'm happy. But uh, we do have a young team. I think the major thing for us is to keep them healthy. Last year, uh, we won a total of seven games while I was the assistant coach because we were rather unhealthy. Um, this year, if health is on our side, then we can do some pretty special things. And if they can play with that type of um, intensity that I love to play with and how I coach every day, then I think that we can put ourselves in a good position to make the right type of noise my first year as a head coach. Well, but, for all my WNBA fans out there, I need ballers. <laughs> Send me ballers. <laughs> Send me ballers. I need y'all to recruit for me. <laughs> if you can play, call Delisha. <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> if you can get buckets and you can defend, hit your girl up. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I have a feeling that you'll be uh, you'll be successful in the recruiting game and getting this team to perform at the highest level that they can as well. You've always managed to get it out of your teammates and such. So, uh, Delisha, congratulations again on the job, and, and I appreciate you spending some time with us, you know, in this hectic time of the year for all coaches as you start to get ready for the season to uh, yeah. come back on the podcast. Thanks again. You're welcome, but I have a question for you real quick. Sure. What's your prediction? Who do you have? Oh, my prediction, you know, I just have this feeling that the front lines are going to cancel each other out, and L.A.'s backcourt is playing so well. And there's mm-hmm. that I I think L.A. is going to manage to pull this off. You, know, you you're just you just don't want me to ever be able to talk to Cheryl Reeve on the show again. That's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with L.A. in a, in a tight one. I think it's gonna you know I I don't think it can live up to last year just because it was so phenomenal last year. But I think it will go five and. Yeah, you never know. You never know. You know, when one of these days, age has got to catch up with Minnesota. But you know, it's funny. You know, Lindsay missing that time may actually have benefited Minnesota. Same thing with Brunson. That's so. right. Brunson looks fresh. She looks real fresh. And you know, LA backcourt, man, it, it's tough. They're they're tough. <laughs> They really are. You know, it took a while for them to get it together, but Sims has turned back into the Sims we knew from college. And Chelsea Gray just, you know, is a phenomenal player. What what a great trade that was, John Quell Jones for Chelsea Gray and what turned out to be Odyssey Sims for both that's teams. That's right, yep. Yeah, phenomenal work by Penny Toller behind the scenes, no doubt. You know, she she has a knack for putting talent together. That's no secret. You know, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. Well, Delisha, I know I'll be watching, and I'm sure you will be too. So hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Let's do this again.